This is my comeback. This is my comeback story. This is Trey Lewis with Good Landing Recovery, and you're listening to the comeback from addiction to redemption. We oftentimes think that addiction looks like somebody on the brink of death, and they may or may not make it. You know, I, I hear this all the time, and, and parents are saying, well, you know, I really can't interrupt my child's life because it has to become their decision. And while I agree with that at some level, I know the reason that I'm here and doing what I'm doing today is because my dad had no problem intruding into my life, and whenever my life got out of control, they're saying, hey, Trey is not going to choose this, so I am going to choose for him and do for him what he will not do for himself and at least put me in the environment where I can make a decision. You know, and I love a textbook, you know, somebody is emotionally bankrupt and then they make the choice, they initiate everything. But oftentimes, if the person is anything like me, it was never going to be my choice that my dad would have drugged me out of a dope house dead if it would have been left up to me. Um, and it doesn't have to be that way. Um, I'm here with my friend, Emma and co-worker, rock star house manager for Good Landing Recovery. Uh, she has a story that does not meet the stereotypical idea of what addiction looks like. Emma, would you tell us a little bit about your story? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess to go back to the beginning, um, I was 16. Um, and to give you a little bit of background, um, I was working at Chick-fil-A. I had like a 4.0 in high school, like doing great. I was playing three varsity sports. Um, and so you wouldn't think that I would be going down the wrong path. But the decision was made when I was 16 to start dating a guy who is five or six years older than me. And at the time, as most um, abusive relationships go, they start out really good. You don't see the other dark side of the person until you're too deep into the relationship to look back. And that was true for me. I got in deep with this um, guy, and this relationship started going downhill. I hadn't made a choice to turn into addiction yet. Um, I was using here and there. It was more recreational um, at the time. Um, and then... When I got fired from my job at Chick-fil-A, that's when my parents kind of realized there was something wrong. They saw that they actually took my phone. I was 18 at this time. I was not happy about it. They're like, what's going on? And they took my phone. I'm like, I'm 18. You can't good tell me them. what to do. Yeah, it was good, except that when they went through my phone and they found out that this guy was just mentally and just horrible to me and treating me like garbage, they were like, okay, break up with him. Like they were, it was kind of an ultimatum there. They're like, break up with him or move out. And I was like, okay. So I broke up with him or so they thought. So I kind of had this closet relationship because I, I don't really know my mindset at the time. I felt like that was all I deserved, but I was keeping this relationship hidden from my parents. And um, meanwhile, I was at Kennesaw State. I had like a 3.75 and I started turning to drugs to kind of keep the balls rolling in all aspects of my life. I had like four different personalities. I had like my church and like goody two-shoe girl personality like around my parents. And then I had a work personality where like I didn't mention God. And then I had my relationship with this guy in which like I hated my friends. I hated my family because he 
kind of made me believe that, that they were the horrible, like horrible people that, you know, never did anything good for me. And I could never like impress them. I wasn't good enough for my parents, like parents or my job. Um, and so I started using Xanax and all kinds of other drugs just to kind of cope with like getting out and just trying to be able to sleep at some point and then Adderall to keep me going during the work schedule and, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, and I was working as a waitress at, um, a restaurant and I was doing really good, like making good money, which is kind of crazy. Cause you don't think that, you know, waitress make a lot of money, but I was doing really well. I was doing well in school and then I got fired and <laughs> I was like, what? Like I was kind of like shocked cause I really wasn't, I didn't think that I was making that much of a, a difference when I was using like on the job, but my manager was noticing my slurred speech and they were kind of realizing some inconsistencies. I'd come in and do a really good job. And then the other day I'd come in and be slurring my speech and not doing so hot. And that night I called my parents when I had been let go. I was like, yeah, I got fired. And they told me to come home now. And sure enough, they were waiting at home with drug tests. And I was like, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Like, I'm going to pass this. I didn't. <laughs> I did not. And um, at that point, like, we didn't know what we were going to do. They took my phone again. At this point, I was 20 and they found out that this relationship that should have been gone two years ago was still very much there and that I had just gotten so much worse and so much more abusive and toxic and that all these lies that I had made up and I had done a very good job uh, lying in the last four years of my life. I had done very well, which isn't something to be impressed with. It's something that's actually pretty sad for me because I had this whole person built up that didn't exist. I didn't know who I was. I was completely lost. Um, and so my parents came in again with the choice. They said I could either go off and live with this guy or I could go get treatment. And I didn't hesitate. I was like, take me to treatment because I wanted an out. I wanted to be able to get out of this relationship as fast as possible. I didn't care what it took. I didn't care if I was going to be working in the fields for a year, like take me out, take me away. Um, because I couldn't get out of the relationship myself and I was using drugs to cope, which I, you know, never was going to use drugs. Like I was going to be good. I was going to nursing school. I was going to finish top of my class. Like that was my goal. And my life kind of took a deep, like a detour and it didn't, um, work out so well. And so when I decided to seek treatment, um, found good landing and I honestly, it saved my life. It, it saved my relationship with my family. Um, I found God, like committed my life to Christ here, which is where I should have been in the beginning because I was raised in a good Christian home. I knew right from wrong, but I never committed my life to Christ because I always felt like I wasn't there yet. And it took this kind of like downturn spiral for me to find him and know what unconditional love is and to know that my parents and my, my siblings have really always been there for me and to know that they're the ones that have been teaching me like who 
to live a leader lifestyle after, like to follow my dad and follow my mom because they've been nothing but kind and loving. And they were right there to pick me up off my feet every single time I fell. Um, and even getting treatment, they were there. They wanted to be here with me, even though I had done nothing but really awful things to them um, in the last couple of years. So I'm very thankful for Good Landing because – I wouldn't be here without it. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And, you know, when I think about your family, last night I was working through the book of Galatians and giving context of, you know, of, of, of Paul or trying to give some framework so people can understand, you know, that Paul is, is ultimately begging children to turn back to the truth. And I think about parents right now that are listening to this, and you raised your kid right. You raised them uh, in a Christian home, you raise them to have morals and values and discipline, you know, and then just to listen to you talk, you had to compartmentalize your life, you know, and that you could be several different Emmas. I mean, you're church Emma, you know, love Jesus, you know, know all of the, the rhetoric and what to say, when to say, how to say it, you know, then you go to work, you know, and then you're hard worker, bust your tail, but don't mention God you know, kind of in that vein, you know, and then you've got this relationship where this person is is manipulating you, you know, you obviously have a choice in there as well, but then there you're just completely turned away from everything um, that you know is right and buying into these lies that really empower your addiction, you know, and however you want to look at that, they empower you uh, to to use and to realize like, hey, this, you know, this family that you know, I thought love me, they actually don't love me, so I'm going to go down here. Or, you know, you're medicating yourself so that you can become numb because you know at that point that you're living a lifestyle that's not what the Lord really has for you. Um, and it's probably just all wrapped up in there together. But um, but I want to talk to, to parents for a second, too, that are listening to this, and, and thank God that you had parents that, you know, are or, you know, you're 20 years old and they're saying, you know, you're making good money. Give me your phone. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I realized that, that, that not every kid, you know, some parents are listening to that and like, oh my gosh, if I tried that with my kid, you know, they'd burn the house down and that might be the case, but that's where you get with professionals and you work with a team of saying, okay, m- maybe it might not be the same outcome, you know, that, that Emma had, if I go to, to my son or go to my daughter, but I'm going to work with some way to be able to intrude into this kid's life, into my child's life, so that they can get into an environment to know real freedom. If not, I mean, think about it. Think if they just took their hands off of it and were just like, you know what, she'll learn one day. And the next thing you know, instead of you being right now enjoying a long extended season of freedom recommitted to Christ. I mean, what if you're still out there because they just kind of passively said, oh, you know, maybe one day this will play out. And then all of the abuse that you would have endured, all of the pain and stuff that would have taken even much longer to be able to undo, but instead, because they were willing to get up all up in your business <laughs> and, and, and to, um, you know, to help you get into a place where you can change. And then I think what's really neat about this too is that, that you've gotten in here, the, the, the secret weapon or the ace in the hole is always the family unit that prays. You know, and then you're in here and you've got them contending for you and, and supporting you, you know, spiritually 
and, you know, still making all of the right decisions, even whenever they were, you know, even whenever they're thinking like, oh, you're fixed, we'll just bring you back home or whatever. They stayed the course. And now you've not only have you completed, but you've shifted gears and now you're helping other women and giving back to really solidify this new identity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I never thought I would be doing this, um, like working at a rehab facility, but I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for being in that abusive relationship. And I'm thankful that I was put through everything I was put through and that I had the like ability to balance because I know where some of these girls come from and I can use what I went through to help them and show them love and show them Christ where they maybe hadn't been shown before. And I'm very thankful for that. I'm excited. You have absolutely killed it. I am super sad. It's kind of bittersweet, I should say. But um, I know you're going to go and do incredible things. You're going to crush nursing school. And hopefully one day in the not-so-distant future that we will be able to work together again. Amen, you know. You're incredible. Thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. It is a privilege and an honor to be able to serve you. If you or someone in your family is struggling with addiction, please give us a call. It's 770-570-7422.